Broadcasting from Oklahoma, the tornado capital of the world, home of the Oklahoma City Thunder and the University of Oklahoma Sooners. This is the Curated Experience Show, a weekly podcast about the customer experience with viewpoints you will not hear anywhere else. And now your host, author, and customer experience expert, Amos Tanuma. Welcome to the Curated Experience. I am your host, Amos Tanuma. If this is your first time listening to us, you're in for a treat. Um, our show has one mission. We focus on helping you get intentional about customer experience. So I want to dive right in today. I've got a guest for you guys today. Um, I've got a, a buddy of mine and an industry veteran. Michael's on the phone. Michael, are you on? Yes, I am. Hey, welcome. How to, are you today? I'm doing well. Welcome to the show. Uh, tell the folks at home just a 30-second bio about you so that folks know who you are and get some context to Okay, sounds good. Um, as Anna said, my name is Michael Furman. I am in the customer experience realm now for about 15 or so years. Uh, my background is quite varied. Started at Williams-Sonoma Pottery Barn. I've worked in a couple of uh, different areas with different product types and have really come to realize that the customer experience uh, doesn't necessarily revolve around a product per se. It's more about the relationships that you could build with the customer and the opportunities that you can make their day, their life, just a little bit better. Awesome. And, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to delve into one thing you said there. Um, you said it's not, about, it's not about the best product. Um, and I always say that people don't, customers don't, aren't loyal to necessarily, quote unquote, the best product. So, so what are they loyal to? What, 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 what attracts customers and what keeps them coming around if it's not the best product? Well, uh, it does help if you have a great product, don't get me wrong, <laughs> yep. uh, but uh, I've come to find uh, with some of the experiences that I've had, price point is, is something that people are willing to overlook yep. if the experience is a great one. Yep. Uh, one of the things that I've taken pride in all of the locations that I've been involved with is the idea that we make the experience so special for the customer that we're not just looking to sell to them that day. We're not looking to take care of them that day. We're looking to create lifelong customers. And by developing that relationship and focusing on what the customer truly wants, you have an opportunity to do just that. Uh, the, the good fortune that I've been blessed with is to work with companies that have given me a lot of latitude when it comes to how to create that customer experience. Right. And in doing so, it really opens up the door for not only creating those customers for life, but in turn, advocates for your business. Yeah. I mean, you use the term there, latitude. Um, and, and to me, that screams leadership, right? So, mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, you and I have talked, and you you've been doing this a while. Uh, but let's go back a little bit, Michael. Um, okay. You weren't always this good from a leadership standpoint. <laughs> so, so rewind back and tell me the moment where you made some mistakes from a leadership perspective that you learned from that got you to where you are today. I think one of the things that I've learned over the years is, especially when it comes to dealing with customers, uh, we make a lot of assumptions that mm. our customers think like we do. Right. And one of the difficulties with that is when you when you go ahead and start to make those assumptions, you put yourself into a very difficult situation. Right. Uh, because a lot of people have different backgrounds, different histories, different reasons for why they want a product or they're inclined to start to work with you. Uh, so uh, I, I learned very quickly um, when you start to make those assumptions, you plan out what that customer's path is going to be the way you see it, right. not necessarily the way they see it. And in doing so, uh, you put yourself in a couple of very difficult spots. So over the years, I've learned to listen quite a bit more. Yeah. Uh, I have not only listened to telephone calls so I can hear the customer in, in their world, 
but also go ahead and reach back out to those customers via surveys, net promoter score, uh, customer sat, and really try to identify what the customer is looking for. Um, when you can start to anticipate what they need before they know, right. that's when you've really achieved that great customer experience. So, so, so thinking back, you know, and, and thinking about leadership, and let's stay on that track for a second, because mm-hmm. um, I, I was making some notes and some of what you were saying. It was around, you know, helping people, and you kept going back to creating that environment. Um, is are the organizations and people you talk to, is everyone on board? You sound to me like a true believer in in terms of customer experience. So talk a little bit about some friction that that, that you've experienced as you're trying to get everyone in the organization to kind of connect with customers. And uh, what has been your experience there? What kind of friction have you had? (laughs) Well, I think one of the things that it happens in every organization is when you take people that are concentrating on the bottom line, yep. uh, your, your sales folks, the folks that are looking at your P&L, the folks that are looking at your conversion rates, your upsell rates, pick your KPI. Uh, they focus on those each and every day. Right. And when you're in charge of customer experience, you really have to step back and take a look at the big picture and mm-hmm. get some buy-in from C-level executives to understand the importance of being in this for the long haul. Uh, one of the things that you know we've tried to do with my team uh, is to to focus on how we can make tomorrow even better than today, not mm-hmm. just focus on today. Right. And in, in doing so, uh, there's a phrase that I use frequently when I when I speak to those powers that be that get caught up in the money. Right. I, I don't want to jump over the dollars of tomorrow for the pennies of today. Mm. And I get this very interesting look when you say that to finance people. They're like, well, wait a minute, hang on a second. What did you just say? <laughs> and the idea of getting them to understand that today is important, but tomorrow is even more important. And if you keep that mantra going each and every day, you you start to sacrifice a few of the little victories today for the much bigger victories tomorrow. So, 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 so let us in a little bit, um, you know, give me an example of, um, moments where you've had those, uh, you've had those frictions. Uh, Cause I think as a leader, right, your job, if you, whatever you're leading is to get people to, to a place whether or not um, they're there today or not. So, so give us a little bit of a taste of when you've had to sort of stick your neck out to, bury, to, to borrow a phrase to, to, to sort of convince your organization to see the world the way you see it. Well, I think one of the things that I've done most recently uh, with Time Life is get people on the, the executive team to understand that if a phone call is not successful in their eyes as a conversion today, it's not a loss. Mm, mm. Uh, we shouldn't look at those as missed opportunities. We should look at those as opportunities to build our brand, to build our business, and really create those advocates. Uh, you know, Time Life sells nostalgia. We sell yep. old music. We sell old television shows. Um, what we really want to do is create that comfort level with those customers. So each and every time they think, man, I really love that song or I want to see this show again. They come right to us, right? And you don't want to sacrifice that by pushing a sale too hard. Um, I'll apologize for offending any of the folks out there that are used car salesmen, <laughs> but that right. mantra of don't worry about pushing so hard that you sacrifice that relationship for a sale. Um, you know, one of the phrases we've also used is the stickiness of a sale. Mm. Uh, we want our return rates to go down. When customers return things, there's never going to be a positive experience when they're returning something and getting their money back. Right. So I want to make sure that everything that we sell today is going to be with that customer. And every time they look at it, I want that experience for them to be positive. And when someone comes to their home and they're listening to that music, hey, where'd you get that? It goes right to that time life experience. And um, when it takes two, three, four phone calls for that sale to happen, 
Right. I'm okay with that. I don't look at that as oh, my conversions taking a hit. I can't believe we didn't get the sale today. I look at it as that was an investment in our future. We did such a great job taking care of that customer. They called us again when they were ready to make the purchase, when it was right for them, whether it be the money piece of it, right. whether it be uh, the timing, uh, you know, I don't know all the variables for the customer. So it's identifying when to try to get that sale today, but when to let's make sure the experience is a great one. And it is interesting, especially when you have sales associates that are driven on commission <laughs> right. to get them to understand that. Um, that's one of the part from a leadership perspective that it really takes a little bit of time and effort for you to get a team of commission-based salespeople to understand that eventually you're going to get that second call or that third call and the customer says, I'm ready to buy. And you don't have to do anything that day. Right. right. So it's, how do you get those guys to buy into that? You, know, you have to show them that you actually care about the success of the organization. Right. And it's you will reap the benefits if we all pull in the same direction. Yeah. In, in, in the age of uh, quarterly earnings and give it to me right now, it, um, um, I, I'm, I'm glad you're out there fighting the fight. I want to I want to pivot a little bit um, into when I listen to you talk, you know, um, I think you make the case really well around this notion that somehow doing the right thing for the customer is bad for business. I don't buy into it. And it sounds like you don't either. Um, you know, what has gotten you to this point? Um, you know, what, what experiences in your life and in your career has gotten you to this place where you just have this firm, resolute belief that, um, there is a, a, there's a way to do this and deliver a great experience that's not going to be disadvantageous to the company. What, what brought you to this point, um, in the journey over the course of your career? (laughs) Well, I would love to give you a simple answer and say, ah, this is the moment. (laughs) Right. Um, I actually started my business career on the telephones, mm, so okay. I know what it's like to be on the phone. Um, I know the difficulties and the pressures of having to make numbers. And one of the things I realized early on when I was on the telephone was I had to be comfortable in presenting information I felt good about. Right. Uh, so part of it is understanding a little bit about the product, understanding how your product is going to go ahead and differentiate in that customer's life. But truly, it comes down to the listening. And I, I again, when I started at Williams Sonoma. I was blessed to work with a bunch of wonderful people, including Chuck Williams. And as the founder of Williams Sonoma, he had a very simple philosophy. If you take care of customers, they'll take care of you. And I've used that phrase to get my internal customers to understand that. So when they present to my external customers, they they get the big picture. It is if I take care of this customer, they'll take care of me. Uh, The way that I'm able to really make that come home now is I've seen that if I take care of my internal customers, they are going to do the job for me when it comes to the external customers. So instead of having my associates who are in various call centers around the globe, instead of having them work for me, I want them to work with me. And in turn, that'll give us a chance to really go ahead and make a difference uh, with the company's fortune, not just today, tomorrow, but six months from now, a year from now. Yeah, no, I, I, I I think you've got the right... The, the right view there, and you you brought you brought in the frontline people um, and your team and and those you work for, and I love the way you sort of phrase that. Let's talk a little bit about them as you look on the, in the space today. Um, and I've mm-hmm. written and have said so many things about it. I I think the agent experience today um, just sucks, for lack of a better term. I, I think there's been lots of improvement on the uh, consumer front, on websites look better, and all the consumer facing things, and we have not paid enough attention to the agent experience, the screens and all of those things. So talk a little bit about from your perspective, from where you're, you're, you're out there leading these teams, 
what uh, what have you seen? What's your perspective on the agent experience? Uh, what you're seeing in your place and what you hear in the marketplace, and, and what are things we can do to make life better for the frontline folks um, in, in CX? Well, I have a little bit of a unique idea when it comes to this. Mm, yep. Um, my thought process is relatively simple. I want the agents to understand they're the most important part of my business. They're the yep. ones that actually speak to the customers. They're the ones that are my frontline. And a lot of that comes down to the respect that you show those folks, uh, especially in the call center world nowadays. Uh, there's tons of conversations about scripting and the importance of it. Uh, I walk into my trainings and I explain to everybody that I don't want them to use a script. I don't want them to really use any of the words that I try to use because right. they're their own person. Right. I, I brought those folks on board because I, I think that they have a skill set and I want that personality to come across when they get on the telephone with customers. And in doing so, there's almost this pressure that's lifted right. and they become human again. Hmm. And that's one of the things that uh, I, I think really differentiates the customer experience with the folks that I work with in comparison to quite a few of the others out there. Um, I would prefer that my associates have the freedom and have the ability to have conversations with the guests. And in doing so, it creates something that's a little bit different than the norm. A lot of people expect to call up when they get a call center, they expect to go through the motions. Right, right. Uh, we eliminate that. Mm. And, you know, something as simple as, why did you call? Right. Like, don't ever ask them why they called. You don't want to <laughs> just sell them something. Right. You know, I want to find out why they called because I would rather tell somebody that this may not be the best thing for them. Right. Then again, sell them something that I know is going to come back as a return. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's interesting you said that because, um, you know, there are people in the marketplace who think if you give people freedom, the whole world will come apart. Right. Yeah. And, and for me, it's why did you hire them? <laughs> if, you, if you didn't, if you don't trust them, then they should work for you. Right. If you can't, to your, I think the word you use is sort of let their personality, let them do what they do. Then why did you hire them to begin with? Right. Well, I think one of the, the really important components of that is, you know, the understanding of you don't know what the customer is going to say. Again, it goes back to the comment I made before about assumptions. <laughs> right. I used to assume I knew what the customer wanted so I could script out exactly what should be said. Mm. And I came to find that as I listened to calls, a lot of times I didn't have a bubble when the customer were to ask a question or to say something. Oh, I didn't think of that. And then my associates in a spot where the experience becomes awful because they just start making things up. So instead of having that limitation, right. I want them to go ahead and engage in those conversations. And part of building relationships is there are going to be a couple of stumbles here and there. And, you know, instead of that being something that paralyzes an organization, I look at that as opportunities to grow. And I've heard more wonderful things from associates that I never would have thought to have said right. than, oh, I can't believe they said that. Why did they, you know, I can work through those pieces of it. Right. No. I would much rather have that there than the limitations. And I, I listen to the phone call and every one of them sounds exactly the same. And the experience is, Blah. Ooh, this is kind of boring. Yeah. So, so, so Michael, we're going to wrap up here, but I want to, the one last question I want to ask is, mm. you know, I, I love hearing, you know, you talked about starting your, your journey here as a frontline employee taking um, calls, uh, I'd mm -hmm. love for you to share a little bit of perspective because we do have lots of listeners who are in different stages of their career. Uh, share a little bit about, uh, for those who are in those stages of their career, how did you get to where you, you are and uh, what advice would you have? <laughs> well, I think the biggest thing is to just make sure you listen. Uh, there are so many opportunities to gain knowledge from people 
And title doesn't really matter. That's yep. one of the things I, I think people get really confused about. They think, well, if, if my supervisor says this or a manager says that I have to listen to it, listen to your fellow associates. Uh, when you're a supervisor, listen to the fellow supervisors, listen to associates from the other team to find out how you can better lead those folks. And there's tons of information out there that isn't in a book that isn't on a podcast. Sorry. It, yeah. It's just day-to-day yeah. conversation. And as you start to hear those stories, you know, tuck them away because those are the things that are going to make you a better professional. You're going to become much more well-rounded and it's a lot easier to earn the respect of people when you show them that you listen yeah. in comparison to telling. Um, you know, I think that's one of the keys to leadership. Uh, one of the things that I try to do all the time is put myself in the, the situation of how can I best learn from the people that are across from me, regardless of who they are. And that way I'm always paying attention to those details that are going to make me a little bit better. So uh, for those of you that are on your way up in the business world, listen to everybody you can. For those of you at the top, don't forget where you came from. You know, those are the people that you need to listen to because that's how you got where you're at today. Absolutely. Well, Michael, um, thanks so much for doing the show. And um, for our listeners, I, I want to sort of, you know, just highlight a couple of things. Uh, probably the most powerful thing I heard today is, and I'm paraphrasing here, you know, don't don't jump over uh, tomorrow's dollars for pennies of today. I thought that was incredibly powerful. Uh, Michael Furman, thank you so much for coming to the show and for you listening. Uh, if you want to continue the conversation, uh, visit our website uh, at bettersteeexperience.com. You can listen to other episodes, buy a copy of my book, The Curated Experience. And until next time, remember, the experience is either random or intentionally curated. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Curated Experience with Amas Tanuma. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll join the conversation online by visiting us at curatedcx.com or at amastanuma.com. That's C-U-R-A-T-E-D-C-X.com or A-M-A-S-T-E-N-U-M-A-H.com. And please invite your friends and colleagues to visit our website or iTunes where they can check this and previous podcasts. This has been a Beyond LLC production. Check us next time for another edition of The Curated Experience.